What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Shows Taught Me was not filmed before a live studio audience. Welcome back to Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. I'm Jess Sterling here with my co-host, Sarah Ferguson. Sarah, how are you? Jess, I will only answer to Carlos the Elf in this (laughs) podcast from the second forward. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Carlos. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Happy to be here. I just rolled my stats. Oh, what is your highest stat? con really yeah <laughs> you're with constitution, constitution. i'm i'm still i think i'm almost after three years of playing D I think i finally almost figured out what it means what constitution means yeah i think okay, i'm well, finally there i'm really happy that we've brought in uh someone who's not only a great friend of the podcast who's also guested in the past but also is a big fan of Dungeons and Dragons and knows how to be a dungeon master. So she can explain to you exactly what Constitution is, Sarah. Her name is Melissa and she's here. Hi, Melissa. I mean, I'm having a very intense deja vu moment of helping Sarah make her character and explaining what Constitution was and why she might not want to have a negative score in Constitution. Yeah, I was like, this uh, is useless. I believe we got on a stream yard and had this exact conversation yeah, about two years ago. Sarah doesn't mm-hmm. always listen is the thing. <laughs> I did. I did listen to Melissa. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, Melissa well, you talks, listened to like, listen. what she did, but you still don't understand. Oh, you mean it. rules. The I mean rules. rules of the game. You don't no. understand rules in general. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. No. Well, uh, we're going to talk everyone through all the, the Dungeons and Dragons content in this episode because obviously all three of us know are pretty well versed in Dungeons and Dragons and can explain all of that. Discos, um, not so much. <laughs> I don't really know a ton about discos and I honestly prefer to keep it that way because I think I fall in line 
with Ken this episode when he's like, yeah, rock and roll, baby. Like, who, who needs who needs disco? Sarah, you look like you disagree. Um, or maybe you're just I apathetic. Just... I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I think that all music has a time and place. And I think that music builds on each other, like, without, um, like, rockabilly, we wouldn't have something and that wouldn't have something yeah that's very fair disco built up so that you know what is it disco walked so rock and roll can run i mean that but like also i mean in a way it started r&b and which subsequently started hip-hop which subsequently started rap like all music genres kind of build on each other that's why it's so interesting to me why like the elvis people were like the Beatles suck, and then the Beatles people were like, the who sucks? Like, you know, like, it all builds on one another. Mm -hmm. If there wasn't one thing, the other thing wouldn't run, but, like, whatever. What what is this? This is, this is freezing. Philosophy hour. I I suppose. (laughs) Um, Um, I actually did some reading about disco a while ago for a Severance Media Club podcast where we were talking all about disco. Oh, right, right, yeah. Yeah, disco is actually super interesting as a music genre because it often comes out as a result to the like super political music of the 1960s um, Mm. when it was so often being used as like speech against like the Vietnam War and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so it was a genre of music that was sort of a return to music for the sake of fun and joy and escapism as opposed to propaganda, intense political activism. Yeah. Um, and it's based on a lot of like popular um black hispanic um and kind of like other kind of subculture uh music in of that time which is very cool and so there's a lot of like um I, as a lot of popular music it turns out started in those genres and then gets sort of like co-opted by white culture um but there's it's like a really interesting era of like sexual liberation and um yeah i think it's just a really interesting sort of um like drug experimentation and that kind of stuff and and just a lot of like mm-hmm. the response to um the super political rock music and then i think that then the response to disco then ends up being kind of more heavier kind of stuff and so this kind of cyclical nature of music as sarah was saying i think is super interesting and disco is just it's again not a genre that i listen to a ton either but it's something that i um yeah learning more about it sort of made me appreciate it on another level because of it filling this other role that kind of music mm-hmm. that i tend to more was filling well, yeah, and especially without disco, we don't get Jason Siegel dancing um, at the yeah. end of this episode. So yeah, we at least have it to thank for that. It's definitely feel good, right? Like I like the thought of like music. Although, I mean, music embodies so many different types of feelings. Like I really can listen to a song, and my entire mood can absolutely change. And sometimes, um, being water sign i purposely play sad music just to put myself in a mood but um i i just think it's like really fun to have like fun music and now we can still hear disco at all of your cousins bar mitzvahs and weddings so uh we can shake our groove thing everywhere 
<laughs> but especially after you read the half Torah. <laughs> what incredible yeah. joy with disco. Um, just as a tangent as well, now that you brought up the water sign of it all, I learned from listening to your podcast that Kevin Mahadeo is a Scorpio mm. and it has sort of rocked my world a little bit because Aiden what did you think he was? I had no, I don't know. I don't know this stuff well enough. Oh, I learned oh, everything okay, I know okay. about astrology from the two of you. So <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know, but Aiden is also a Scorpio. And so I'm starting to like pick out trends in my life. That See, feel this is the thing. Just surround yourself. This with is the them. thing, Melissa. Yeah. All the science people are like, it's BS or it's witchcraft or whatever. But then you find yourself having 30 cancer friends and only getting along with Capricorns. And you're like, there has to be something here, right? Because all like the majority of my friends are mostly born in July. And I have a good amount of friends that are born in June, but they're all like a little tricksy, tricksy. And then I have a lot of friends that are also born in January. Now, why are my friends all grouped together? I don't know. Maybe because it's the stars aligning. Just saying. Yeah, I think I personally believe it's confirmation bias at work, but I do certainly yes. enjoy it as an exercise. <laughs> and yeah. I have given some thought to like, is there something in terms of birthday and like time, like how old you are when you start um, like elementary school, for example, like if you're one of the youngest or the oldest or something yeah. like that. I do think that there are potential like variables there that may be at work. I don't, I I can't personally like fully co-sign everything, but I also mm -hmm. think like it's very fun and it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it, it feels to it, me like really it's, all that matters. it's just as silly as like looking at like birth order as like a reason for why totally. people are the way they are. Right. And like, I think there's something to that too. I think there's something to Melissa, what you're saying about like when you start school, if you're the oldest, if you're the youngest, I was always the, like one of the youngest in my grade because of where my birthday fell. I was also the youngest at home. So I think that like really, you know, I have a lot of younger sibling energy, I think probably because of that, but it is very interesting and it's really fun and something Sarah, maybe we should consider as mm -hmm. like a little mini segment of our like wrap up coverage next week is to decide what characters we think are maybe what signs or oh. just, like, just a couple of freaks, a couple of geeks type of thing. All right. I think that would be pretty interesting. That sounds great. I'll put it in the, the notes for next week's episode so yeah. that we don't forget yeah. Um, but a... Melissa, before we get too far into this, I want to hear your history with freaks and geeks. Like, are, have you seen it a lot? Have you just seen it like just one time? When did you originally watch it? Yeah. So I actually can't remember when I first watched this. I think I, I was definitely in university and I think it was pretty young. So I was, I didn't see it as it aired, um, but I, for some reason, got recommended it, binged the whole thing in pretty short order, and then would go on to binge it. I think two more times kind of every mm -hmm. few years. It's just, it is one of those shows that because it's only the one season, you can just make your way through it pretty quickly. And it is honestly shockingly well, how, how much it holds up. Like there are certainly random things, but it, there are a lot of more offensive things from this time period that you could be watching. So it's pretty good. It's still pretty funny. And yeah, so I, when I heard you all were doing it, I, I think I messaged you very quickly being like, oh, I, I like Freaks and Geeks. I'll talk about Freaks and Geeks. 
Yeah, we've really enjoyed our time with the show. And it makes me more sad now knowing that, like, it didn't end up getting another season. Because especially after this episode, the finale, it feels like, gosh, I would have loved to come back another season and see where these yeah. characters were. I feel like we leave off on such an interesting note. Um, but but yeah, let's let's get into it. We start our episode off with some uh with some really fun disco action. I did not realize, Sarah, that this man who owned that store in the mall was gonna be around so many times, and now he's like running a whole little disco situation in a bowling alley. <laughs> it's we like should have known. on a dance floor of a bowling alley. <laughs> yeah, we should have known because he was dressed so 70s. He sells all those 70s style clothing. We should have known. Now, the bowling alley is interesting. We have in our town a bowling alley that is always popping like at all hours of the night. And it is like the biggest mystery to Adam and I what goes down in this bowling alley. We so much so that like we've debated about just going. I think that there might be some undercover disco going on or something. Why would <laughs> like it be a, no like, like I a speakeasy disco? <laughs> it can be three o'clock on a Tuesday and the bowling alley's parking lot is completely full. We Maybe they launder so, no it would be empty if that was the case. I don't know. It is a mystery and like we've just we're like okay maybe we need to go in but also the thing is is that maybe some secrets are best left kept. <laughs> Yeah, there's a chance that people in your town just really like bowling that much. They have nothing else to do in the Midwest. They're like, we love bowling here. I don't know. <laughs> but the thing is, is that then like on a Saturday evening, sometimes it's pretty empty. It's just so weird. Well, because people have better leagues. things to do with their Saturday evening. Yeah, there are leagues. So maybe mm -hmm. like there's a league that mm -hmm. plays on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and all yeah. of that. But Saturday, they're like, mm -mm -mm, we're far yeah. too busy. Now, I will say that I'm glad that you got to that point because it did take Adam and I about two months of debating this to talk about the possibility that there's a leagues going on every day. Yeah. So, um, of but course you there are leagues. It's like any other like sport or hobby or activity there are like groups of people that what love to bowl i don't i don't know what to say just it will I don't not know surprise you do. to know that literally like a week or two ago will and i were driving past our local bowling alley and we were like we should go bowling sometime <laughs> well i did agree to the bowling like i was like i'll Why go would, you would hate bowling like you literally would hate bowling wait have you never been i've bowled before but i haven't really bowled enough without bumpers to uh, constitute me saying that I've bowled. Yeah, it's almost like bumpers don't count, really. Bumpers count. But do they? I mean, it doesn't. I it's just know, gonna you, you can't do. get a zero like <laughs> you can't oh no i still got it in the gutter with the bumpers very impressive <laughs> Wait, did it like hop over and go too? in the other gutter yeah that <laughs> happened it like oh my god snuck its way through like i mean like when i say like i'm bad at bowling like i don't think that there's one thing i'm worse at than bowling now i want to bring you bowling <laughs> Just maybe in, mini golf maybe mm -hmm. you're worse at mini golf uh well you know i have a violent pass with mini golf so yeah. i like um, broke my mom's nose playing mini golf oh, no. it's supposed to be a non-violent sport no contact generally no. uh between mm -hmm. players but you know yeah i mean maybe people shouldn't 
be super close when you're swinging the club. But anyway, we're at the bowling alley. That's the point of the story. Yeah, so there's like a whole disco happening. This is something that apparently the freaks do on a regular basis is go harass the disco people. And to their surprise, they see um, Nick there with a mystery woman who is apparently now well, his girlfriend we've, we've seen her seen before her. yeah when? her name is sarah she's been like more in the background now to be fair she's played by very famous actress lizzie kaplan so yeah who who apparently has always been in high school because she's also in high school in mean girls she yeah she oh sarah how do you how do you okay i don't i didn't listen to be fair I had to look up her name because, you know, I'm terrible with names. We all know this. But I at least yeah. was like, I also hey, had to look up her name. But her. I was like, that's the girl from Mean Girls. Yeah. She's from Mean Girls. She's the one who says something about your mother's chest hair, Sarah. That's what? the. I don't know any of this. What? So the, okay. the two friends in Mean Girls, the guy and the girl, she yes. has the line. He's too gay to function. You don't even go here. <laughs> Wait, so she's Why? the she's Katie's she's the goth girl girlfriend. Girl, yeah, she's she's the like the goth girl. girl. Got yeah. It. Okay. Yeah. I I'm following now. Yeah. So she's and she's just she's generally uh very famous. Um and yeah, so I would say partially famous. It's not like she's like a household name. She's in a lot of stuff. Okay, whatever. Right, but if we both had to look up her name just okay that's fair fair. Uh, she's also in a new girl for like a hot second she like dates nick in new girl i remember she's no she she dates nick Nick in this show well she also dates Nick in this show yeah she dates a lot of nicks um also she's in true blood which anyway uh so she's been like hanging around in the background but now sarah and nick are dating and she's convinced him, like, okay, we're going to do disco together. They're dancing. My question is, if it is, like, so common that the freaks come here to harass the disco dancers, why does Nick look shocked when he gets caught here? It's like, this is common practice for your friends. <laughs> Maybe it's just between a Ken and a Daniel thing. I'm convinced that Ken and Daniel are the closer friends, and Nick is, like, still their friend but like he doesn't do all the shenanigans that Mm -hmm. uh ken and daniel do that makes sense i do do think that tracks especially when we find out later this episode that uh nick has stopped smoking pot i feel like that must put some distance between him daniel and um and ken Wait, I said Nick stopped smoking pot, right? So that yes. Nick is a little bit more distant from Ken and Daniel. I have to assume at least a little bit, especially if he has a new girlfriend, because we've seen what happens when Nick has a girlfriend and it like encompasses enti- his entire life, basically. Oh, yeah. He disappears. He's one of those people. One of those like get a partner and now I'm invisible and you never hear from me. Uh, have you so- ever been the type of person who like when you started dating someone, you just instantly got into all of their hobbies? Oh God, no! <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah, we I, we've talked about this. Like, I pretended to like metal music for like like years because a significant other liked that music. I mean, like, I think there's a degree of that all the time. Like, I think that mm-hmm. my previous relationship, I went to go see Marvel movies with him, and like, uh. I went, you know, like there was like certain hobbies that I picked up or certain things that I picked up for their sake. 
And I think that it's like both a little bit like when I was younger, it was like, oh, if I like metal music, then he's going to like me. But as you get older, it's like, well, if we share the same things, then we're spending quality time together. So it's a little bit more intentioned. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely one of those things where like you should take an interest in things the other one enjoys regardless yeah. of it doesn't necessarily I think there's obviously like a line to it, right, where you don't do it to the point that you give up everything that you're doing and all of your own interests and let it like change your personality in that way. And you could also like appreciate things without doing them yourselves right and like hear the other person talking about it or whatever but not necessarily have to do it i think that yeah there's definitely like levels to it right where you can be exposed to something new through somebody else but you don't necessarily have to like make it your whole identity now it's like suddenly i'm a disco person (laughs) (laughs) exactly i got the silk shirt i got the moves it's all me uh but nick's an all-in guy uh so yeah. we'll 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 see how that goes throughout but well, yeah the guys accused basically all think that oh well the only reason he's dating sarah and is now like wanting to do disco is to attempt to make Lindsay jealous which like yeah i do think there's a point to that like i'm not saying it's like 100 percent his reason but i think it could be both it could be like i want a girlfriend i want a companion also, I would really like to make Lindsay jealous and regret breaking up with me. Uh, both of those things happen to happen if I date Sarah. Um, so, and Sarah seems like a very like pleasant person. Um, I do think she gives me a little bit of the vibe of, um, oh my God, why am I blanking on her name? She wasn't even in this episode, which is also a tragedy. Uh, Cindy? No, Millie? not Cindy. We hate her now. Millie? Um, yeah millie thank you i forgot her name uh she gives me a little bit of a millie vibe but like a little bit more of a popular version of millie maybe like she does seem like a good girl i don't know i think she's a clout chaser oh interesting she's a poser no not a poser a clout chaser we'll put a pin in that we'll put a pin in that so where sarah's going with this because yeah she's yeah. Kind of a wandering eye for whoever the new hotness is yeah ah uh, yeah. i see absolutely yeah uh it's yearbook time the because it, it's the end of the school year so all the guys are the, the geeks are looking at their yearbooks they're planning on how to get girls to sign their yearbooks so much excitement love a yearbook um talk i mean jess and i always love to cite hags as the greatest words ever written Mm -hmm. um so yeah Uh, i don't know did y'all have friends in your book when you were in high school oh like in your book club yeah uh no not particular but that was how you got all your pictures in the yearbook was you had to have yeah so my grade 12 year it was like my friends were running yearbook so my grade 12 yearbook has a lot of us because they're like (laughs) we need someone holding a geography textbook here we'll take this random photo and yeah it's very much there is something I love looking at yearbooks. It's literally you my like favorite pastime. You begged me to look at my yearbooks when you visited me. Yeah, it's my favorite pastime. If I get a hold of a yearbook, it doesn't matter. Like I've even looked on digital yearbooks online. I just really love it. It's just, it's an archive of uh, the times. It like is. I, 
I love looking at yearbooks from the 70s, 80s, or 90s. I think it's very fascinating. I can literally just stew into regular, like, yearbooks nonstop. It doesn't matter whose. I'm fascinated by them. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, unfortunately for the boys, their books get knocked out of their hands by the jocks and they're, they're like geeks because they're geeks and they're wondering like, why is it us? Why can't we just be like guys in high school? Why are we the nerds? And in comes Harris and he's like, BT dubs, new edition of Dungeons and Dragons was released. I got the new book. We're going to play. And they all kind of look at each other like, oh yeah, that's, that's why we're the geeks. <laughs> what's the, uh, so what's the book? Deities and dragons or whatever. I think it's deities uh, and demons. Yeah, deities and demigods. Oh, there oh, we go. demigods. Yeah, yeah. Demigods. I noticed that he had the advanced Dungeons and Dragons book in like a previous episode. Mm -hmm. So, Ooh. Yeah. so is yeah. this um a real a real edition, the deities and demigods? So it's not going to be a whole nother edition, but this will be mm -hmm. similar to like the monster manual that we have yeah. now, right? It will be like a whole nother set of mm. um, right. potential playable I'm, I'm assuming it's not like a, a campaign a pre-written campaign but that it's a resource yeah. book of information Ooh, uh, but you'll okay. have to ask rich about that i guess this is before my time so yeah, this is a very old edition oh they did good it came out in 1980 so they actually did a good job with uh because this is 1980 yeah historically the, accurate look yeah. at that look at that love um, it love it so there and i love again this use of harris i honestly harris is really i've grown to love harris and we always were like why was the like why was the person so obsessed with him that they just wanted him in like every episode but i actually thought his contributions this episode were probably the the most i've liked harris uh, i thought him as a dungeon master it was very very fun and like uh, if you've played D and D, I feel like he fits a very specific type of dungeon master, which we'll get into <laughs> when we get there. Um, but meanwhile, Daniel is planning on he he's paying someone to be able to cheat off of his test for math because he's not going to be able to pass on his own, and so he's getting out his money. And they're all a little nervous that Sarah, being a little bit of a goody two shoes, is going to like snitch on him. Uh, and she's like. She's doing the thing. I can't. I can't with high schoolers sometimes. They're like walking down the hall, and this cannot be comfortable. Sarah doesn't just have her arm around Nick. She has her other arm wrapped around his front, and her hands are like clasped. And I'm like, how are you walking like that? Um, they're in love. <laughs> they're not in love. They're not in love. Stop it. They're in love. She's oh. loved him for years. She doesn't want to no. let him go. Yeah, she said that she she's had a crush on him for years. She said I don't that know she that you sat can... behind him for years just because she wants. I don't know. I mean, like, wouldn't you want to be next to him, not behind him? Whatever. She doesn't want to let him go. No, creepy. Okay. It's, I don't know. High schoolers. It's just, yeah. I don't know. I didn't date in high school. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but we have Lindsay and Kim like watching and Lindsay does have a little bit of a look in her eye of like but she doesn't look happy about this I guess I don't know like is it like I, I could not get a good read on what Lindsay was feeling in this episode because I I think that maybe there was like a glimmer of like oh like you're just over me but also it's like I don't know if it was jealousy because I don't know if she was focusing on it. I don't know. What do you think, Melissa? What's what's Lindsay thinking in this moment? I mean, 
I think you can be sort of like eyeing up your ex's new significant other without mm -hmm. it being like, oh, I wish we were together. It can just sort That's of be true. like, okay, like, how do I measure up against, like, what's the, what's going on here? I'm, you know, you can have What some does sort his of, like, new theory. girlfriend say about me as an ex? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And like the fact that these two look a fair bit alike is probably telling. <laughs> yeah, he definitely has a type. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's it's very funny. And uh, so Daniel um, has some unfortunate issues where he's not going to be able to cheat off of the guy that he wants to cheat off of. So his solution is to pull the fire alarm. Um, problem is he gets caught by guidance counselor Rosso. And he like, he's, this guy really like, uh, Rosso really loves to have like these like heart to hearts. And I guess that's kind of what being a guidance counselor is about. But he really tries to, like, understand his little pupils and stuff. But Daniel just looks at him, like, with such disdain. <laughs> he just he does not want to be there. And it's almost like nothing Rosso says is going to get through into Daniel's head. Of course not. Yeah, I think Daniel's just, like, full-blown panicking at this point. He does not want to be held back a third time which mm -hmm. i think is pretty understandable <sighs> does so wait when did he he got held back when he was what like in elementary school i don't know if we know i just know that like he told kelly right that it was like yeah she's like oh yeah. yeah you got held back whatever and he's like no i got held back twice so it has to have been before at least one I of think them it has was, to have yeah when he was younger he so yeah mm. yeah i think it was when he was younger so what um, he's gonna be a senior when he's 25 this is very troublesome yeah, I, I think don't know. Was just waiting for him to drop out, right? Like that one teacher said <gasps> at one point. Like that's oh, terrible, so awful. Like, yeah, just just pass the kid and let him go. Call it a day, or actually help him. I was gonna say, or provide actual support and resources for this. Oh kid. yeah, that too. Yeah. yeah, but his his decision is okay. In order to like get you more, I don't know, in the in the studious mindset or something, I'm gonna force you to join AV club. <laughs> Which Daniel just seems like so bitter about. He's just like, what? Yeah. And then this is also where we learn that this is like kind of the geeks safe haven. And they really love AV club. It's like, it's kind of like where they, they like go to hang out with the teacher who is, I don't know, we've never seen him before, but he's a reassuring guy. Um, who smokes indoors and shows the Monty Python. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Melissa. I immediately true. thought of you, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this episode has Dungeons and Dragons and Monty Python." And I know, be so I know. happy. <laughs> my notes for this episode are just in all caps. Monty Python. <laughs> Is that not appropriate for like a um, fourteen-year-old? I feel like that's kind of perfect. No. Yeah. No, I think it's great. I I was first introduced to Monty Python in elementary school. I think I was like oh. eleven or twelve, and a buddy of mine. We had to do public speaking. Um, and a good friend of mine uh, wrote a speech on Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And I was like, what is this movie? And we like went over and watched it. But he also introduced me to like Star Wars and Indiana Jones. And it oh, wow. Responsible for most of my nerd cred, actually. Oh, wow. Um, I saw Spam a lot. Nice. I've also seen Spam a lot. It's very fun. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't remember it, but I do remember spam a lot that I went there. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it is very upsetting to the geeks that Daniel's coming in, which I understand because if it's a place where they feel safe and Daniel is part of the reason, I don't really think that like they terrorized the geeks that much i think it was like reserved for the jocks that were really terrorizing well, and them kim and and her friend and i think like kim and karen yeah yeah and i mm. think as a result they kind of hold it against all of the freaks like yeah they, i mean you know, they see yeah. them as a group you know yeah definitely intimidating to have daniel there where it's like if you have this little bubble where you feel like it's someplace where you can be yourself having somebody that is an outsider come in that you don't feel like you can trust is definitely alarming. Um, I think like AV club seems pretty fun. I remember T it wasn't, I wasn't an AV club. It was in, but I was very into the TV production when I was in high school, which subsequently got me to be a uh, TV and film major when I first went to school. So, um, I, I, I understand the allure of a AV club. It's a mystical place. The rooms are kept cold. Yeah, it sort of seems like uh, students getting tasked with the work of, like, bringing films yeah. lessons and stuff. I don't really get it. Um, but yeah. I understand this idea of when I remember being in high school and I was doing, I had to do photocopying for band. I was, like, a student aide for my band teacher for a while and I had to like photocopy all the sheet music for like okay we need this many flute pieces and this many trumpet pieces and whatever and I remember going to the copy room at lunch one time and I like opened the door and this like group of nerds all looked up at me all of a sudden like who who is coming into our space because they were all like playing Magic the Gathering at lunch yes! and I just like very slowly like backed out and shut the door I was like I'm sorry I'll come back like, but then they were I probably really- like oh my god a girl looked at us <laughs> yeah. yeah i was like this is not my type of nerd i'm sorry i believe that's really funny yeah it's uh it's very interesting because we've not seen this before and to me av club is something that is like very much was a thing as melissa said because watching movies in a classroom wasn't as easy as like pressing play on a vcr uh, like you'd have to like have the wheel and then like line it up and do all this like leaving with the film strip and blah 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 so it's like yeah you did need someone the thing is they didn't give daniel any training before they sent him into the field yeah. and poor daniel of course all his friends are in the class he has to go into and they're all laughing at him especially because he doesn't understand how to put the thing together and the teacher is truly awful like harassing him basically the entire time from start to finish and i'm just like give the guy a break like again i really am not a big daniel fan i really think he's just like a manipulative jerk most of the time but i you know i have a little bit of a soft spot for him when he goes and he tries to learn how to actually put the stuff together for the next time and melissa you know the reason he did that was because he didn't want to be ridiculed he like he thinks he's dumb he feels like he's dumb and he doesn't want to look dumb yeah, my headcanon for Daniel is that I, you know, if this show had got an extra season, I think it would have been really cool for him to get the chance to see like, oh, this sort of like manual kind of like repair is something that I have a brain for that like not everybody does, right? It is like not something yeah. that I 
have any sort of intuition for at all. And so I'm always very uh, impressed by people who do. Um, and so I think that it's something that I hope that he like manages to figure out and maybe even like shows up the geeks on something where he's like, oh yeah, you got to do whatever. Right. And uh, I really would love that for him if it's sort of a, yeah, academic uh, intelligence has maybe not been his strong suit, but he's got other types of like mechanical intelligence that he can then use and, and go on. And if he can just make it through high school, he could go on and have a job doing something practical with his hands that he could be really good at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that what I'm craving to see for Daniel is there's just been a storyline of him feeling like he's not good enough, that he's not intelligent enough, that he can't do anything right. And I would really love to see him thrive in something to give him that self-confidence that he's lacking in this moment. And I think something in like a trade variety or a mechanical essence would be really, really great. And, uh, you know, they, he can be very successful in any of those types of professions. So I wish we did get to see something that he really thrived at. Like, I think that, um, we see a sprinkling of that and I, I don't know, like, I think Jess and I are going to talk about like what we think, uh, these characters are doing after this season in our next episode. But I definitely think that we would have seen like an evolution of Daniel in a second yeah. season. It's certainly possible. Yeah. We would have come to enjoy him a lot more had we gotten a second season for them to develop him a little bit more as a character and really give him like dimensionality. Yeah. It's something that you see for every single one of these freaks, right? When, whenever they have a moment that someone believes in them in any way where it's like, like with Nick, we're, um, where Lindsay's like, yeah, you could be a really good drummer. He's like, like, he just absolutely starts like getting so excited. I think that like they, every single one of them just seems to have some internal narrative of whatever they've been told by the adults mm -hmm. in their life that they're not good at. And I think, you know, if with Ken, it might be, you know, the relationship side of things, right? And then he starts to have this relationship with a girl who actually likes him back. Like, I think they all just have these, like, really deep insecurities based on the not great home lives that they all seem to come from. And it's just one of those where yeah. I just want to, like, wrap each one of them up and be like, you are, you can do great. You can, you can be fine. You're, you're not mm -hmm. an idiot. It's okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think that that it really does make a big difference when there's an adult in your life that's encouraging of you. I think that everyone remembers one teacher that they connected with in some way that gave them some sort of confidence that they didn't have previously, or um, it just really makes a difference when um, when there's somebody that seems like they care. So uh, hopefully, hopefully Daniel's doing okay out there, whatever he may be up to. I hope it's, I don't know. Good luck in all of your endeavors, hags, <laughs> to Daniel. <laughs> yeah. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. 
Well, someone who doesn't need any uh, academic lessons turns out is Lindsay <laughs> um, because she like gets into this like really prestigious summit that is like the top 1% and it's at University of Michigan and she's not excited. She doesn't even really like want to go. It, she definitely seems embarrassed about the fact that she's being singled out about it. And to me, this is very much like, just like the AV club is ruining Daniel's reputation, like as a freak, this is ruining her reputation as a freak. Like she doesn't want to be associated with this. And I really liked this episode. Obviously her, her mom and dad coming down on her about it isn't really going to change her mind or kind of expand her views on it at all. What I personally enjoyed was the conversation she had with Kim about it, where Kim is like, listen, you don't, you're all mopey about this whole situation, but you at least get to go somewhere. And Lindsay tries to argue, oh, it's my summer break. Like, what do you mean? You could go somewhere. And Kim's like, I don't have the money. And even if I did, Daniel doesn't want to go anywhere. Who am I supposed to go somewhere with? And I really like Sarah, like the idea that Lindsay doesn't even recognize her own privilege of like, oh, yeah. you not only have the grades and the intelligence to get into this summit, but your parents are wanting you to go to it. It's an event. It's somewhere out of our tiny town. Like it's exciting. You should want to leave because you can leave. Yeah. I think that Kim has the thought that like, She's going to be stuck in this small town forever, kind of like Joey Potter. Like Joey Potter, very Joey Potter, was yeah. saying, um, "Oh, if I don't get the grades, if I don't get the scholarships, I'm never going to be able to leave this town." And this is kind of Kim's sentiment. Like she's feeling as though she has no way out. And for, um, for Lindsay to get an opportunity, Kim like just sees it as you know like she sees it what it is it's opportunity now i don't blame Lindsay for being sour about getting into the summit this seems like a punishment like you know you're going to get okay so you're first told that you're one of the smartest people you're getting targeted right away then you get sent to a camp with a bunch of other smart people where you have to battle for who's the smartest person with and then it sounds like it's like a, a vigorous competition and everyone's just, you know, dogpiling on each other and you get eliminated and then the best smart person wins. Like this sounds like my personal hell. I don't want to do this. I don't know that it's just like academic survivor, but maybe. I think it's more like a like all the best and brightest to get together and they maybe they probably do still learn things they're not going to get together and like no I, lessons and stuff no but. i think that it was some sort of competition was it no, summit so. doesn't scream competition to me i don't think it's it's a competition anyway but i it it's definitely one of those things where i totally understand why she wouldn't want to do it my biggest issue with Lindsay is i don't understand this whole rebellion of hers like it's because her grandma died but like well we get it, no... it was i think it was more yes her grandma died and i think her being there for the death i think really kind of changed something in her brain about she started thinking about the world a bit more like almost like an existential crisis and I think that, and also, wasn't it that her grandma told her there was no like heaven or hell or something like that? And that, also <laughs> yeah, she did say that at one point. Yeah. So I don't know if this was in. I was watching uh, Linda Cardellini's audition tape today for 
um, Lindsay. And I don't know if this made it into the first episode or not. I'm having like a hard time remembering it. But she definitely had in the monologue that she was saying this feeling of like nothing matters. Like yeah, like nihilism you know, type of work, yeah. work. Like school doesn't matter. Like being good doesn't matter. Like being bad doesn't matter. Like nothing matters. Like we're going to all die anyway. So what I do just simply doesn't matter. And I think it's like this mentality that stemmed from losing her grandmother because, you know, it really affected her is like what got her into this point. But I agree with you, Melissa. Like, I don't think that this wound up being like a fully realized thing. And I think this is once again, like um, a product of not getting a second season, them knowing by the time they're filming the last few episodes that the show is canceled, that they didn't really dig into this. And I do think that there's a little bit of like a lacking plot hole of like, um, you know, what's going on with her. And uh, once again, I just feel like we needed a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely would have loved the second season just for that alone. Cause Lindsay is a very interesting mm-hmm. character and I wish we'd gotten a little bit more of like the reasons behind some of what she's doing beyond just like teenage angst, I guess. Yeah. Um, but of course she has to go to Mr. Rosso because this guy is just like obsessed with the weird family sometimes. Uh, and, <laughs> uh, they have a conversation and he's like, of course he brings up the grateful dead and how like, Oh, you know, I followed them around and it was great and listened to them. And she has this like, okay, I don't know why this is what my brain thought of when this scene was happening where she's in her bedroom and she's listening to the Grateful Dead and she's like dancing. I'm like, how awkward must this have been for Linda Cardellini to just dance by herself in a teenage bedroom in front of a bunch of cameras and producers? (laughs) And not for nothing, you know, I also learned today, Miss Linda Cardellini was like 26 yeah that's what i'm saying yeah she's like you know what um but she looks spectacular um she looks like a teenager i don't know maybe she was having a good time maybe the music was like really good to dance to yeah i don't listen to a lot of grateful dead i definitely listen more to like the types of the type of music that the freaks listen to in terms of you know the who and all that kind of stuff so yeah I, I tried listening today, but I didn't get past one song and I and made me a little sleepy. <laughs> uh, at the same time, Daniel is trying to talk to Kim about like his troubles and she really and I kind of get it. She just like doesn't really have time. She's like, what what's the what is your problem? Like what's going on? What's happening in your head? And he's just he's just upset. And I don't know. I kind of got no time for anybody's bullshit today. She's like, I, I gotta appreciate her. She's like, I have this puka necklace on, and I don't have any shit to give today. No, everybody's <laughs> on my shit list. Everybody sucks. I mean, I get it. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Sarah and Nick are practicing for their upcoming disco. Um, it's it's very funny, and she does ask him like oh, do you still have feelings for Lindsay? And he's like, no, no, like very quickly. And then, of course, he goes, well, I do care about her. And we're all like, Nick, Nick, Nick. Nick. (laughs) Nick's got it bad. He's never going to go over her. Never? Yeah, I don't know. No, he's the type of guy that's going to be like, oh, there's this girl, Lindsay, and she's the one that got away. 
that's yeah, Nick. I don't think that's a healthy mentality when she no. says no. No, Nick is not healthy in terms of his relationships. Like, he's a sweet guy, but he is a toxic boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a lot. Um, yeah. And and while Nick and Sarah are, like, at this disco competition, Ken drags Lindsay there because he's like, if you tell Nick that you'll never get back together with him no matter what he does – He'll give up this whole disco thing. And he's, of course, Daniel's not with him. So he's kind of by himself dragging Lindsay behind him to basically be like, disco sucks. Like, and heckle them from the crowd. <laughs> I'm like, why are you? This just feels like, where's Tuba Girl? Like, <laughs> don't yeah. you have other things to do? <laughs> yeah, she definitely comes and goes a bit in this season. And it's like, oh, I don't know. Stop yucking yums for people, but. Yeah, especially you're just embarrassing Nick. And, like, Nick isn't doing disco to spite you. So just let it, let him be. Let him have his terrible hair and his silk shirt and dance on the dance floor. Come on. But him and Lindsay do have a conversation. And this is really weird, Sarah, because it's, like, both of them almost want to say, like, hey, is there anything here? But neither of them do. Yeah. And I don't, again, I don't know, I guess it could be literally just a case of teenage brain where it's like, I want what she has, right? Like, I'll have what she's having. Um, Like, you know, like you just, you, yeah. Sarah, don't cringe. We watched that movie. <laughs> oh, what, what movie? When Harry met Sally, I'll have oh. what she's having. Oh, I didn't, I don't, I didn't remember that. Oh, that's the yeah. famous scene when she does yeah. the fake orgasm. In no, the yeah, restaurant. I do remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, now I know what you're talking about. Um, Melissa looked very confused the entire time. <laughs> I also haven't seen this movie, but I am sort of aware you, of it. Okay. Literally, When Harry Met Sally is literally one of the best rom-coms of all time. And I watched it once to be able to say that. Like, I was so impressed with it. It was very good. skyrocketed up my list. Yeah, it was very, very good. Uh, okay, so do I think that Lindsay is, just wants Nick? I mean, no, I don't. I don't think Lindsay wants Nick. I think that Lindsay is too focused on her academics, like, uh, summit. And what she's going to do this summer. And I know she's not going to do Nick. So I don't think that she cares. <laughs> no, she's going to go do um, What's-His-Face from the Santa Claus. <laughs> Wait, What's-His-Face? Barry! The- yeah, Barry. She's thinking about Barry. That's <laughs> oh, true. Oh, we need Melissa's. We- okay, Melissa, as someone who's watched Freaks and Geeks a few times, do you think Barry is like a secret asshole? No. Thank you. Sarah's what? been bashing him all season long. All I season long. <laughs> he appeared like two episodes ago, but yeah. 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 But it's been all season since then. I just think that um, the Neil Neil and his brother are cut from the same cloth as his father. I don't mm. I just don't trust that family at all. They're they're a bunch of ruffians, is what I say. Ruffians? <laughs> Yeah, they're a bunch of ruffians, a bunch of philanderers. That's what I think. Um, yeah, I really don't think that Lindsay's having any feelings for Nick. I think that she's too focused on herself. That's what kind of Lindsay's all about. She loves to think about what she's going through. I think this is that moment, though, of like, you're with somebody 
And it's like, man, if they could only get their act together, like this could be really good, right? And then you break up and then they get their act together. And then it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. oh, like, why couldn't you be that way when we were together? Oh, like, yeah, I, that's I so think frustrating. That's the reaction that's like happening right now of like, wait, this is this is you the way I wanted you to be. Could this, could we go back to that? But it's like, no, but you weren't like that. You weren't able to yeah, do this. Too much time we passed. Together. Yeah. yeah. Well, because he, yeah, because when they were dating, she was like, you smoke pot too much. Like all you do is smoke pot and like lay you're down not, and eat chips. Yeah. You're not, you're motivated. not like doing anything productive. And yeah. now he's not only doing something, but he's doing an activity that a girl he's dating enjoys. And so I feel like that very much is like, a, well, what the hell? Like, well, yeah. you know? The new girlfriend always gets to reap the benefits of the, uh, of all the hard work that you did. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty bullshit you know what on the bright side we did get jason siegel dancing it up all on that disco dance floor really shaking his groove thing and i loved this <laughs> i love this so much because he's like so into it and of course his little girl sarah on the side is just being like woo. she's like a proper woo girl Mm. And she's like so happy for him. She gives him a big old hug. And then what happened, Jessica? And then what happened? Then yeah. we get this man, this curly haired man who comes out on the dance floor in like a red suit. And he's not only doing disco because that's not enough for him to win the competition. Nay, he must also do magic. While he's this is here. I don't I don't think that this is allowed. You can't like. <laughs> I'm serious. Like you can't just show up to a dance competition and just add magic. That's not fair. That's not dancing. But this bitch is so impressed by the magic that she's like all up his ass now. And she's yeah, like just this girl, the only one who's impressed by this magic. Yeah. Listen, um, I wrote, no, I wrote, I wrote I wasn't my notes. Even into this. Yeah, I wrote. I oh have, no, Jess, he's doing close up magic. I have a line, uh, and I think that when you combine dancing with magic, it just it loses it for me. Oh, I do. really? I think I, is it that the line? I think so because I wasn't impressed with this guy, and maybe it could have been the suit. I also think his showmanship lacked a little bit. I wasn't mm. like there are certain magicians where they they do it with like a pizzazz of like a like when they show you like oh is this your card and you're like yeah and they're like yeah i just fucking did that like you know like an mm. attitude of like i know i'm impressive but i don't need to be like showboaty about it this man is like ooh look at this cloth that's 20 meters long coming out my sleeve like he's a little too much yeah i don't know if i like magic tricks you don't we've been through this <laughs> well, okay. i guess i already had my stand <laughs> no you don't like it because i like it it's the same thing with beatboxing. No one appreciates the things I enjoy. It's because you're weird. I, I was going to say, I think it's because you enjoy weird things. <laughs> also, Melissa, because I know you watch Taskmaster. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been watching Taskmaster. Well, rewatching, I should say. I've seen all yeah. Taskmaster. Rewatching it with my husband, Will, who's watching it for the first time. And we're on series eight where Ian Sterling is on the show. And I, I love Ian Sterling dearly. There's something so attractive to me about this guy. And on one of the why are you saying of, that about your cousin that's really gross he spells it ir <laughs> thank you very much Sarah. <laughs> also he's scottish we're not related and uh anyway so in one of the episodes he beatboxes and i was like this is it this is it <laughs> this is 
Jess, should I tell you that series eight is my least favorite series of tests? Oh, it's not good. Yeah. Oh, it's your least favorite? I feel like I'd put other series lower. Uh, then Most it, like, people put six so below much. eight, but I really hate the winner of eight. I cannot stand them. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I think I know who it is, too. So, uh, but yeah, anyway, beatboxing is great. Magic is great. But this guy sucks. And Nick <laughs> is really, really devastated because he just put on a masterful performance and immediately gets one upped. So you can't really, can't really blame him for being upset. Um, let's talk about the geeks before we finish off talking about Lindsay and her journey. Because they, Harris is very much a guy. Well, yes, I would classify him as a geek. He's kind of an every man's man. You know, he seems to kind of dabble in all groups, which I really enjoy. A floater. And, yeah, he's very much a floater. <laughs> and he invites uh he invites daniel to D to play with them yeah so my buddy luke who i've been friends with since like kindergarten and we like still hang out he's the the oldest friend i have um and he's the one who introduced me to monty python and like a whole bunch of other things he was this guy in high school it was shocking to me like the jocks loved him but he was like absolutely like a geek and like a tuba player and band and was like and I was like how do you and it was so funny because he would be like talking to me about some you know some jock guy or whatever and I was like Luke do you know I hate him and like do you know I don't <laughs> like these people that because they're mean to me like I need you to realize that they treat you differently than they treat other people. Yeah. And it was like, I had to have these conversations with him because he's like, oh, yeah, this like Matt guy. And I was like, do you know that guy called me the C word because I wouldn't show him my report card? Like, <gasps> can we not? Oh, yeah, that happened for real once. Um, messed up. He wanted to see if he beat me and he did not. I already knew that. I didn't need to check his report. What a loser. <laughs> yeah. What a loser. Uh, but yeah, anyway, it was just funny that, yeah, my my friend Luke was Harris in this way where it was like absolutely like a geek or like true friends were the fellow geeks, but the jocks were still like very intrigued. And I think it's like a confidence thing. I think it's just mm. one of those of like very much owning who you are and not being embarrassed about it. And just, uh, yeah, the jocks seem to dig it too. Oh, wow. Good for, good for, what's his name, Luke? Yeah. <laughs> what's Luke doing today? Uh, you know, he's like working and got a longtime partner and yeah, just like living life. But how's the tuba? I don't think he has played it since we were in high school. That is, yeah. that is how's true. the tuba? He's actually a, like a miniatures like champion. He like won some like huge... Like, you know, like mm -hmm. Warhammer miniatures, he like won some gigantic, he's one of like seven people in the world to like, or in like the history of North America to like hold this title of like big winner. Anyway, I like watched a whole wow, like video. He was in, I was like, I don't understand what's happening, but this is very cool. That's, wow, that's, that's wild. incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, and, and this whole time, Sam also has been like, I don't want to be a geek anymore. I don't want to do geeky things. Yeah. D&D is for geeks. Um, but as soon as Daniel signs up and says, yes, yeah, Sam's all in again. Yeah, he's so, there. And yeah, we need to there. talk through everyone's characters here and how sure. much we think they make sense for, for them, right? Because okay, right. we start off with Bill, who he says, I want my new D&D character to be called Gorthon. Gorthon the Thief. And they're yeah. all, everyone, so it's Sam and Neil are both like, oh, Bill, come on, don't be a thief again. And Melissa, to me, this feels like the tropiest trope of all time, where you have yep. a person who always plays a thief, aka a rogue, is more like it nowadays. And all, everything, every, all they ever want to do, I pickpocket them, I pickpocket them, I pickpocket them. <laughs> 
and they get caught and they die. Until he falls down a well. (laughs) Yeah. I thought that was also very funny. Um, Can I also shout out this whole like thinking D&D is for nerds until your your friends are doing it and then suddenly you sign up for it. I just, you know, not to like call out anybody specifically on this podcast, Mm -hmm. but just, you know, thought that that maybe needed to be. (laughs) I don't know how long it is to convince Sarah to play with us, but it is. It's get there. I mean, like, time. I mean, I like, I, I, I do like it, but I don't feel good about it. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, uh, no, 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 no. So, uh, Gwerthon the Thief, I think it's fine. I, I, I approve. I guess. Yeah, I, I just also, like. it's fine. yeah, I also just think, like, Bill, don't be don't be that guy all right mm. don't be the don't be the well my character would do this yeah. guy no one likes that guy bill don't do it uh and then we have uh neil is Kragenmore the destroyer it's like a pretty yeah. cool name i was assuming a barbarian especially because neil is like the nerd geek that wants to be like big buff bro, right? Like he's on the shorter side. He just wants to be the beefy tanky guy. So to me, he's the destroyer just sounds like a barbarian name. What's his name? Kragenmore. Kragenmore? Yeah, that's what it's spelled. Yeah. I don't know. All I think right. that's what I said it. Pop off. Yeah. And then this is where I get a little confused. Sam is playing Logan the Huge. That's like yeah. a really dumb name. <laughs> I mean, it feels very akin to um, what's it, the well endowed from that community episode, right? Oh, like, yeah, oh Hector. Yeah. Same vibe. <laughs> Hector, the well endowed. I will say his little yeah. hat sent me, and I really loved his little he hat. He was wearing like a bard hat, wasn't he? I so love I don't that understand. hat. He's Logan so, the Huge, but all right, maybe, maybe he, okay, maybe he's I mean, like a Scanlan, and you know what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, not not, not Sam, for- This is Sam who was like embarrassed about the hickey. I don't know that yeah. Sam is that guy. No, I don't think so either. But maybe it's a bit of a maybe it's a joke, right? It's like a yeah. you know a giant named Tiny, right? Where yeah. Like, yeah, you know he, he plays a little like gnome bard, and they call him the huge. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That tracks. I can see I that. Did we find out what Gordon plays? I don't know that he revealed it. I don't think I don't so. Think I don't so. have it written down. Yeah. But um, let's yeah. talk about the star of the show. Carlos. Oh, Carlos. Oh, no. Carlos. Oh, Carlos. Yeah. yeah when, Carlos. Okay. I got to say, when, when Daniel was like, I have a great D&D name, Carlos, I died. I thought it was so funny. And I guess in this game, they had to roll to see what they become. And he is a dwarf. Yeah, he was not happy yeah. about this either. I felt bad at this. They're like, I was like, you don't, he doesn't have to be a dwarf. Like, just let him be anything. It doesn't. Why are you? Being I feel like if dwarf? you, especially if you're getting someone into D and D, yeah, like half the fun of it and like half the mm-hmm. reason they want to get into it is because they want to be able to create a character. Like yeah. Daniel wants to play a character that is well. I guess in this case, he wants to play more of a guy that was like just like him. Um, but some people want to branch out. But I, I did like, even though I agree with you, Melissa, that they should have just let him be whatever he wanted to play as. Um, I did like that they were like, yeah, but dwarves are great. They're really tough. They can find jewels. Like, they're actually better than you think they are. I really liked that they kind of talked him into, like, liking dwarves. Because dwarves are awesome. Dwarves are yeah. awesome. But, yeah, we convinced Sarah to play because she could be a fairy. Like, we understand. That was true. literally the only reason. I was like, oh, I can be a fairy? Yes, I'll play then. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, so he's Carlos the dwarf, and I everyone is like laughing, and I love I love how he says to to Bill, uh, "You got a problem with that Gorthon?" And he goes, "Oh no!" And he goes, "I'm just joking." <laughs> yeah. There were two quotes about D and D in this section that I absolutely loved. One is their general description of D and D as cracking jokes, eating snacks, and pretending to be somebody else. I was like, "Yeah, that's that's what D and D thousand percent, yeah, that's, perfect. That's what we do." And then their description of uh, the DM, where he says he thinks being a dungeon master gives him license to mess with our heads. And it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, Harris, Harris is that guy, all right? Harris is the guy who, he's not going to be a soft DM. He's not going to let you get away with stuff. And he's going to make it, because what does he say? Uh, I Should I let you encounter kittens and grandma so as not yeah. to upset you? <laughs> yeah, that was so funny. It's like, it's a, yeah, it's a great point. It, you know, want to make sure your players feel challenged, like they're overcoming obstacles, right? It's yeah. uh, part of the part of the role of the DM. So I thought it was very funny. Yeah, I I loved this. I loved them getting to play. They all seemed like they were having so much fun. I really loved the, it is I, Carlos the Dwarf. <laughs> the dragon has been slain and you're free to rule your kingdom. <laughs> he had to have been... Like, a, I think that he did get to play with his sword, though. Like, I thought that that was what he – he got excited when he heard about the dancing sword. Yeah. Or whatever. So I think that he probably got to slay the dragon with the sword. And he liked it yeah. enough that he would come back the next day. I loved this so much. Yeah. He killed a dragon in his first first game of D&D ever. That's, like, pretty, pretty epic. pretty advanced. And uh, yeah. Bill's character also died again. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which I also loved that tiny note of. I liked the little montages we got where they had their pencils and they were like fighting with them like they were swords and stuff. I just felt like it really added to the overall like vibe and the fact. And I was like, this is so genius. Again, I didn't play D and D when I was a kid. I, you know, I I only got into it a few years ago, so I don't have this experience. And I've only played in person. Like, you know, I can count on two hands the number of times I've played in person. I love the idea of using dominoes as like a battle map um, because you can move them around and make walls and everything. I was fascinated by this. I was like, they're so smart. I love them. I, and I love when Daniel says, oh, do you want to do it again tomorrow? And everyone's like, yeah, I guess. That sounds great. And Daniel leaves and they're like, wait, does this mean Daniel's a geek or are we cool? <laughs> yeah. Daniel's a geek. So I think sweet. I think that Daniel is crossing over to the dark side essentially mm -hmm. i think he's a geek dark side i don't know the dark Maybe. side is the best side though mm. is it <laughs> why are you so evil yeah. they have cookies they have um yum yeah i wanted to see more of this dd game i thought it like there was so much fun that could have come from this i wanted like i could have used less disco and more dragons yeah yeah <laughs> so Definitely. But I really liked this. And again, like it is a tragedy that we only got one season because I would have liked to see how they handle this in a new season. Like how does Daniel, mm -hmm. does he interact with them in school? Does he care if people see him interacting with them in school? You know, like there's, I have so many more questions about this. Um, but unfortunately, we don't get any of them answered. We just know they had a really, really fun time playing D&D together. And I do feel like this is a really great outlet for Daniel because Gosh, it's, I guess it is kind of, you can be bad at D&D, &D, like if you really try, but 
it's more about the fun and like I, I hate to be like that person to be like it's the friends we made along the way um but it really is like the fun of playing like sometimes you can roll poorly and it's still really fun and so I like that Daniel's able to kind of have a thing have a hobby or a game that he's playing that isn't really about being better than the other people it's about working together and it's about socializing and we have seen melissa daniel is really good at like manipulating people and like talking his way into things and that's a really valuable asset to have at a DD table that's a great point that's mm -hmm. absolutely a great point i i'm happy that daniel is kind of finding his way and we talked about this earlier but you know we were we've been shitting on daniel every single person in this world goes through something they all have a past they all have struggles that they're dealing with you know you don't know what's happening behind the scenes or how somebody is brought up so i wish the best for daniel he's kind yeah. of a dick though we see the glimpses of this, right? Where he's like, got to go like pick up the pills in the morning and be late for class yeah. and stuff like there's clearly so much going on in his home life that it's really hard to imagine like dealing with everything in high school and then also dealing with a bunch of responsibility at home with which yep. sounds like a really sick parent and another mm -hmm. one that's maybe leaning on you inappropriately for a high schooler. And yeah, certainly doesn't seem like a great situation for him. Yeah. Um, and then we let's end things with Lindsay because she's off to this like summit. Her parents are dropping her off. Sam is dropping her off. Even Bill and Neil make an appearance with what is it? Something sweet for a sweet road trip or something like that. A sweet little trip. Yeah, exactly. A little heart box of chocolates. Uh, Sam, um, Neil's really proud of it, but, uh, and also it's like, it, it seems like Bill was the one that gave him the idea because because bill whenever they send their bill's grandma on a buzz they give her chocolates and then name tag with her name and address on it in case she gets lost oh yeah. grams i loved this i like my brother's best friends in high school are basically like my brothers like they've helped me move i've been to their weddings like it's uh i thought that this was really sweet because this just reminded me of my own like kind of trio of brothers even though i really only have one of them i i have a very similar kind of setup to this That's of like cute. my brother's friends being very close with them and yeah like it's wild now that they're both like married with kids and stuff but it's um yeah they're like very important people to me and so i just this made me all emotional i thought this was very cute and i love when Lindsay. so Lindsay is like everyone a little kiss on the cheek and then neil a kiss on the cheek and then she gives one to bill and he's like he didn't even do anything and bill's like yeah i didn't have to spend any money haha <laughs> bill's such a baller like i, I love can definitely see bill in uh in the fake second season just becoming like some buff guy that like turns out to be kind of cool the actor himself martin star is like such like um interesting guy right now in this day and age he like definitely has like a keanu reeves sort of look He's, it yeah, would have been interesting to see what bill became bill is definitely the guy who would like become popular by not even trying and then also not really caring that he's popular and Neil would be like so jealous about yeah, it. Yeah, he'd be running circles trying to catch up with uh, yeah. Bill's suaveness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we get, so Lindsay gets on the bus and then, oh, a few stops later, 
Lindsay gets off the bus to greet freaking Kim and the deadheads that she met in her school that had told her, oh, this summer we're going to follow the Grateful Dead around for two weeks. It's going to be so much fun. And she just hops in there a little van with them, changes her little formal jacket into her, of course, her bomber jacket as she loves to wear, takes her headband out of her hair and is ready to rock and roll. Um, Lindsay's fucked. When her <laughs> parents find out She's going to be in so much trouble. Yeah. How does she think she's getting away with this? There's no way they don't figure it out, right? Like, she could lie to them the whole time and be like, oh, yeah, today we went to what? Like, at some point, they're going to know. That's later Lindsay's problem, not this yeah. Lindsay's problem. This she is doesn't such care. A bad plan. I don't know. Mom and dad are going to be grounding her until like the next universe. I don't know. And also, uh, uh, I don't know. Well, I hope she has fun. And I'm glad that Kim gets to get out too. Uh, that's what I was most happy about was that like sh- her and Kim are going on a little adventure together because I think that they both kind of need it for different reasons. You know, yeah. like I think Lindsay wants to stretch her wings a little bit and do something outside of her comfort zone. And I love that for her. I love that her and Kim are going specifically because I think Kim could stand to get out of town like and and to have someone there who will kind of keep her in line a little bit like Lindsay will um I think they're a really interesting pair and again I really wish we had gotten a second season so we could have seen how this would uh, like evolve their friendship even more I don't know I'm nervous these two are going to get into some sort of trouble this summer I think bad trouble they're gonna get arrested what arrested they're gonna be on the drugs they're gonna the drugs (laughs) i mean grateful dead drugs though right they're gonna what take lsd they'll be fine okay well as long as they're okay (laughs) what did you think of this ending of the series melissa i find it a bit sudden like i'm just like wait this is it like this is all we I I just don't feel like we get a ton of conclusion for any of them and I just yeah depending on when they found out they that they weren't getting more of a show but even just seeing this as like a season finale I find it quite like like wait what happened to like everybody (laughs) like where is everybody off at this point so I'm I'm curious to hear what you all think uh for your next podcast because I'm I kind of have those questions like Where'd they all go? We just like, we sort yeah. of end on what Lindsay's summer is like, but we don't really get much for any of the rest of them. Right. Like it's such an ensemble show that, I mean, we don't really know what anyone's up to. Like even Sam, like I feel like Sam was next to Lindsay, the main character. He was kind of who we were following and like we don't know what he's up to like he we just saw him and like i guess he reestablished his friendship with his friends and he spent a night out with them but like we know that sam has a desire to no longer be a geek and it's like that i know would have been a focus in the next season but we don't really get like much of a resolution to like his story and then it's been such an ensemble show we really got to learn everyone's backstory but yeah like we don't know does nick break up with um the sarah girl and like want to go after Lindsay? is ken still with um 
uh like tuba girl like is neil um like is how's he feeling about his like dad situation and like bill like his mom was dating the gym teacher like how does that go down do they get married like there's so many questions and we're not gonna know the answer we can speculate about what happens but um yeah like i agree with you melissa like i I think that um that was adam's impression too he was just like that's it he was like i feel like like it's it's if we're left feeling a little incomplete but overall i really like the show a lot yeah, I'm glad. Um, I'm I'm slightly offended that you neither of you asked me if I was a freak or a geek in high school. Oh my god, I forgot. Are you a freak? I mean, I feel like we kind of. Uh, well, mm, no. This is interesting. I want to know. Okay, I want to know not only what are you now, but what were you in like in high school when the freaks and geeks existed? You know. Yeah. So I think like I've always been a nerd, right? Like I, um, yeah, like took every science class I could in high school, right? I was a band geek. I, um, but I don't think, I think I had freak tendencies in terms of like, you know, like I was wearing like Rolling Stone shirts and I was like into, um, mm-hmm. I didn't like, I don't think I, I certainly wasn't like preppy either. Um, but I, yeah, so I don't know. I you know, I was a big like kind of flannel shirts and rock yeah. band t-shirts kind of yeah, vibe. As you're wearing flannel now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it's it's all it's all been the same. But yeah, I think I have always certainly been um a nerd and a geek with like the the ability to like enjoy like freak outlets as well. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I was mostly joking, but it was like, I mean, I was very obvious. I, I would have said <laughs> not that cool in high school. <laughs> I would have said like the oh, well, that was the thing. Like the freaks were not cool. But they weren't popular kids. No, they weren't. Um, they were the misfits. They were the kids who no, you're like, yeah. oh my god, they're doing bad things. It's like kind of cool though. Yeah. <laughs> Jess, what kind of shirt are you wearing? Are you wearing a geeky shirt? You freaking geek. I'm I'm wearing a, a sweatshirt that has my own podcast on it. Yeah, so. that's pretty nerdy. Yeah, pretty nerdy, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. But I I really liked it. Like, how about, how about you, Jess? Like, how did you feel about this episode and, like, the series finale? Of course, it's probably not what they ultimately wanted. But yeah. But not. I would say, like, I feel like half of the episode feels more like a finale to me than the other half. Like, I would say the Dungeons and Dragons storyline felt more finale-ish to me because, like, we're welcoming Daniel in. Like, you know what I mean? That, But the disco thing felt a little like something that would have happened earlier in the season. So, I don't know. I I feel like what Melissa is saying, where we're kind of we're left hanging on a lot of these characters like what are their summer plans but i think that's kind of fair given that like when they wrote this episode they probably thought they were gonna get a second season and so they weren't Lindsay was our character right like she was i know it's an ensemble cast and everyone is absolutely incredible obviously but Lindsay is like our character so like it makes sense that we're ending with her um i'm excited to speculate next podcast on what we think all the characters got up to because uh it's obviously really sad this season we never got a season two i feel like i can only imagine like what they would have done in the season two of the show i feel like they really 
killed it on their first season with setting up all of these characters. And sometimes a second season of a show is really where you get to see them spread their wings and really experiment now that they have like, now that we have these characters down, we have like the Bible for each character, if you will. Now, what can we do with them? Um, so I'm a little bit resentful. Like we didn't get that, but uh, ultimately I, I really love the show. And I think that most episodes were hits, not misses. Uh, the show re- rarely missed, I would say. Um, but yeah, I really liked it. And I'm really excited to to chat about it next week again and kind of like a, a little bit, what did we learn? Uh, what did the show teach us sort of thing? Um, but yeah, Melissa, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us. It's been a long time coming, um, but we finally made it a few months in. We It only, it only took us a couple months to cover it, I guess. Um but thank you so so much for coming on. What else do you have going on? Where can people find you? You're very busy. Yeah, people can follow me on Twitter, Melissa W28 or Melissa Woodward28 on other social media. I am currently talking uh, Doctor Who with Adam and <gasps> Kevin Mahadeo, both you know, kind of uh, frequent guests of the pod, and uh, we are there's new doctor who specials coming out shortly so that's very exciting and a really great time to dive in if you haven't been listening along otherwise we're just wrapping up our series five coverage i have been talking goosebumps with todd the librarian i've been talking lessons in chemistry with dr amanda and otherwise talking uh if you enjoy this D talk at all uh check out rich and i covering dimension 20s burrows and i the first episode is available for free on youtube as well as a bunch of their like entire previous seasons and the rest of it is available on dropout.tv they're really good about password sharing so if you want to like check it out there's usually ways to do that also it's just like a pretty cheap streaming service and it's well worth it the really money. is I you get recommend it. so much bang for your buck with dropout honestly like make some noise is one of my favorite shows it's just so perfect yeah it's very like whose line is it anyway and it's basically oh. the only streaming service i pay for so i highly recommend it and so rich yeah. and i are covering it every other week and it has been super super fun to talk to rich about it just kind of some big um fantasy dungeons and dragons storytelling type conversations you don't have to be hugely into D, although it certainly helps um but yeah those are kind of the big things i've got going on otherwise i play D occasionally whenever it happens over on twitch.tv slash dm philly my mom says that she only listens to three PSR podcasts and lessons in chemistry with you is one of them. Oh, so sweet. Yeah. She also listens to the Gilded Age podcast because she said Jess and I ditched it. And <laughs> I think that she thinks that uh, Marissa and Jason do a much better job than us. Which... Uh, I mean, fair. And then uh, what, what was the other one that she listens to? I don't know. She doesn't listen to any of your stuff, Jess. Sorry about it. Uh, that's okay. I'm not too offended, I, mean, I guess. Lessons in Chemistry is not Dr. Amanda and I being huge fans of that show. So I'm not, I don't, I hope it's enjoyable. She probably she just said you. Like the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's been very fun to talk about academia and our uh, respective experiences with it. A lot of uh, processing of all of that academic trauma. But um, yeah, the show is 
made some weird choices as of late. So I apologize to anyone who really liked uh, the book and then is coming to the podcast hoping for our positive takes on the story that we are being <laughs> it doesn't seem to bother Robin. She seems to approve of the podcast. She's a fan. Yeah, she's a fan. Right. Um, so over at Shit 90 Shows Taught Me, we just started our coverage of Felicity. Um, Melissa, do you Felicity? I have never watched Felicity, but I probably, well, you know. Now's, now's a great time, time to, to yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now's the time to jump on in. Watch felicity and join us on the podcast but uh we just started our coverage we went over the pilot and then uh we also this weekend are releasing our um coverage our bonus content of edward scissorhands um melissa if you here what was the what was the question i asked you jess would you rather have scissors for hands or never have another cat ever again (laughs) Oh, wow. This is uh, what she did to me on podcast. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, it's a slight look behind the curtain. It's kind of a really terrible time to be asking me that question. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but oh, also, um, I mean, gosh, I think I, I, I just have... want you to pick scissors for hands. That's the I answer. Don't, I don't think I can. I think it's one of those things where I love other animals enough. There are other vehicles mm-hmm. in which to experience cats that I mm-hmm. I think I would have to say I, I okay, don't hold think on. I can pick scissors for hands. It's just so bad. <laughs> what about only have pet snakes for the rest of your life or scissors for hands? Oh, man. Oh, snakes. I like yeah. <laughs> I just want you to pick scissors Sarah for hands. just really wants you to have scissors for hands. I don't think I can pick scissors for hands. There are too many things I like doing that I could no longer do. You can't do you, Like, I don't know, peeing. Like, you, what are you going to well, do? Listen, yeah, knitting I can't will be play so ultimate frisbee easy. when I have scissors for hands. But but knitting will be so easy. No, you constantly cut the yarn by accident. cutting it up. Okay, whatever. So you can listen to us debate about Edward's scissor hands and all. My favorite was talking about Edward's uh, Etsy shop. So that's why you should. Well, he's an entrepreneur. He is an entrepreneur. Doesn't he make like paper snowflakes or something? Is that it? Uh, oh yeah, at one point he does do that. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know why that's whenever the... I have of that movie. <laughs> I was gonna say it's mostly the hedge trimming he's known for. I think mm, the, yes. the sculpture things. Yeah. Um. Well, anyway, yeah. so all that and more, you can find a shit nineties pod. I don't have anything else going on. I, okay. I I I I didn't get Gilded Age for a second season. What a shame. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was totally totally not within your control. Um. You can find me at the Jess Sterling. I'm over on Pusher Recaps as always. Uh, Grace and I are doing full spoiler recaps. I just watched Scott Pilgrim Takes Off. That was a ton of fun. Um, and uh, beyond that, I'm mostly here. I guessed it on a Grace podcast, which I had the time of my life on. Truly, like, Grace is so unhinged. And you know what else is unhinged? Felicity. I'm going <laughs> to tell you right now, I've watched two episodes of the show so far. Felicity has lost it. And I don't think... She'll Felicity's, be able to recover it. Felicity's never had it. That's the problem. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Felicity. She doesn't have it. She doesn't have it. She's lost it. Every other character, I think, just gets pulled into her orbit of nonsense. And I'm greatly looking forward to discussing it because she's she's lost. 
Seems um, like she's a toxic friend. Um, it's possible she is. Uh, so check out the Felicity podcast. That's my biggest plug. Uh, of course, you could find us at Shinani's Pod on Twitter and Instagram, shinani'spod.com. If you want to send us in a voicemail, we love getting feedback. We love hearing from you. Yes, you, dear listener. Uh, I think that's everything. Sarah, do you have anything else to add? No. Oh, she wants to leave. Okay, that's our podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Melissa, for joining us today. Uh, we still have one more podcast coming out on Freaks and Geeks, where we're just going to talk through, again, like where we think the characters may have ended up, our favorite characters, our favorite episodes, on and on. You know the deal. We won't bore you with the details. So listen next week. <laughs> I just want to prolong this podcast to see Sarah get more. I just want to. I, I really. I just want to have like my salad dinner, and All I right, just go. Okay, I just want to need a point. Can you just end it? You need a point now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we're gonna let Sarah go needlepoint. Have a good night, every. Oh, good night. Have a good day. Have a good night. Have a good whatever. Have a good one. Just ask. Shit, ninety shows taught me.